can open to Ephesians chapter 5. We'll look at verses 15 through 21 this morning. I'm not sure whether I should uh, apologize for this or um, maybe you're going to be really happy about it, but I think it's going to be short this morning uh, since the ladies have been gone on uh, women's retreat. Um, Not quite as much time to uh, think and prepare, and so I I got a real short kind of a homily (laughs) together for you um, for you this week. So um, it should be it should be all right. Um, Okay, so we're looking at Ephesians five. We've been in a study on uh, Ephesians for several months now. I think we started in May. The first half of Ephesians has been a discussion of, of. um, Paul is uh, celebrating the gospel. He's celebrating what God has already done for us in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, coming into the world and in the person of his Holy Spirit coming into our lives. Uh, Paul is, is celebrating what God has already done. He says, this is done. Now the, the last half of the book is talking about, so this is how you live in light of that, right? This is how you live in light of the gospel. And so um, he gets uh, this morning to this uh, little paragraph that there's probably some of these phrases are very familiar to us, um, but, uh, but it may surprise you to think that there's a single theme running through each of these uh, verses that maybe seems a little bit disconnected. Uh, the theme, I think, is uh, wisdom, and wisdom is a huge theme throughout the scriptures. We'll talk about that. Um, uh, it's, it's not what we would expect it to be. Uh, you can't have true wisdom apart from a relationship with God, and that means that a lot of us who might think ourselves wise in our own eyes uh, may not actually be so. So uh, we're going to talk about true wisdom this morning. It's something difficult for us to, to comprehend apart from a relationship with God by His grace. It's something difficult for us to possess, and so, um, but, but it's promised to us as a gift of God's grace through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's what we're going to look at this morning. Let me pray, and then we'll read from Ephesians 5. <clears throat> Father, we ask for your help as we consider your word this morning. We are always at your mercy when it comes to understanding really how things uh, actually are, um, understanding reality, understanding who you really are and who, uh, who you've made us to be and who we really are. These things are um, often kept from us. We keep ourselves in the dark, but we need you to turn on the lights. Would you please shine light on your word this morning so that we could uh, truly understand you as you've revealed yourself to us through your son Jesus, so that we could have a real relationship with you that's based in reality and not just made up in our heads, the the things that we like to pretend about ourselves. We pray that you would uh, do the work of enlightening our minds, transforming them, and lifting up our hearts to be transformed by your grace as we consider your word this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
So um, you hear things like this all the time. She's an old soul or, well, he's got his head on straight or uh, somebody uh, appreciating your wisdom. Maybe you, you're wise beyond your years. Do you know that? For someone so young <laughs> or uh, maybe a, a lament, whatever happened to common sense? People seem to assume, behind these kinds of comments, they assume that they have a good working definition of wisdom, really, is what I think people are, uh, what they would boil it down to is saying, wow, that person's really wise, or these people lack wisdom, right? Um, We assume we have a good working definition of it, that, that we can recognize it when we see it, but it's unlikely that our ideas about wisdom actually align with what the scriptures say about wisdom, and the scriptures say a lot about wisdom. Wisdom is everywhere throughout the scriptures uh, from the beginning to the end of it. In a sense, the whole Bible is about humanity getting wisdom, humanity gaining wisdom. That's one lens that you can look through. If you ever um, do this, one of my professors uh, in, in college would do this. Every year he would read through uh, a new Bible. He would maybe pick a new version, pick up a new paperback or whatever, uh, a new Bible, and he'd go through and think about a particular theme particular theme, and every time he would come across something that, that uh, aligned with that theme or that uh, talked about that theme, he would underline it or highlight it or whatever, so, so that each year he's spending a, a whole year going through the whole Bible looking at particular themes. One of them that you could uh, truly benefit from is uh, looking at uh, the, the topic, the theme of wisdom throughout the whole scriptures, because really the Bible is all about that. And it's been a, ha- a long, hard road, humanity gaining wisdom. It's been a long, hard road. Proverbs 8, uh, Proverbs is one of the wisdom writings, along with Ecclesiastes, which Brian read from in our Old Testament reading. Um, Proverbs 8 has wisdom personified. Wisdom is speaking in Proverbs 8. At the foundation of the world, wisdom says, I was there at the foundation of the world. I was with God. And now wisdom is calling to humanity to listen. Listen to me. Come to me and listen and be blessed. And wisdom says this in Proverbs 8, uh, verses 35 and 36. Whoever finds me finds life. Whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Pretty strong words. The wise here are contrasted with the foolish. They're, they're contrasted with the foolish throughout things like Proverbs or Ecclesiastes. The wise contrasted with the foolish, just like the righteous are contrasted with the wicked or the, the rescued, the saved, the delivered are, are contrasted with the lost. Um, in each one of those, uh, those pairs, one of those is in a relationship of life with the one true God and the other is not. Uh, The Bible says if you are wise, you have a relationship with God. So ironically, when uh, when the woman in the Garden of Eden, scrolling all the way back to the beginning of the Scriptures, when the woman in the Garden of Eden saw that the forbidden fruit, she was not supposed to take of it, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Knowledge seems like one of those words that's in the category of wisdom, Right? When she saw that that fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and saw that it was to be desired to make one wise. Um, 
and she reached out to take that wisdom, but in defiance of God, then it was the greatest folly in the history of the universe. It was not wisdom. Even to reach out to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because it was to be desired to make one wise, it was not wisdom, it was folly because it was done apart from God. The glorious, eternal God was discarded. God himself was discarded for the intellectual pursuit of knowledge. If only, if only she had believed with James, writing much later in James chapter 1, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. If you lack wisdom, ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. It will be given to those who ask of God. True wisdom comes as a gift. It's not something we just get for ourselves. True wisdom comes as a gift to those who are in relationship with God and who humbly ask for it. So wisdom isn't just about having a lot of information. It's not just about knowledge. It's not just about being very smart or intelligence. Wisdom isn't just about life experience. It isn't just about abstractly knowing right from wrong. It isn't just about being able to teach, even. True wisdom, true wisdom, the wisdom that Paul is talking about here, the wisdom that we are looking for throughout all the scriptures, true wisdom is about a Godward life. It's about a God-oriented, Godward life. The scriptures say in a lot of places that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So true wisdom is living all of life in relationship with God. Living all of life in relationship with God. True wisdom sees the world not pessimistically, not just cynically, but with hope that what is seen there in the world, whatever it might look like, whatever we see in the world, with the hope that what is seen is the seed of the as-yet-unseen resurrection glory. True wisdom engages the world, not in my own autonomous strength, getting what I think I need to get, doing it my way, um, in my own strength, True wisdom engages the world prayerfully. Prayerfully. Um, True wisdom is spiritual. That is, it comes from the Holy Spirit. And it, it looks like folly. The scriptures say it appears to be folly to the natural person who cannot properly judge spiritual things because they don't have the Spirit. Because wisdom is spiritual. And honestly, true wisdom is well out of our reach apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ. In and of ourselves, true wisdom is unattainable. But the gospel says that Jesus Christ himself, Jesus Christ himself is the wisdom of God. And he became for us the wisdom from God. As the divine son, he has always been. And he's always been wisdom personified, like you see in Proverbs 8. 
as the divine son, he's always been wisdom personified, and as the human, Jesus of Nazareth, coming into the world, he became wisdom incarnate. In himself, in his own person, he has made humanity, this humanity that's been long in search, in desperate, futile search for true wisdom in relationship with God, in himself, in his own person, he has made humanity humble and dependent and trusting and prayerful and hopeful and truly spiritual and wise. He has made humanity all of these things in his own person. He doesn't just have life with God, which is what characterizes true wisdom. Right? True, true wisdom is, is living all of life in relationship, in prayerful, spiritual communion with God. Seeing everything in the world in light of God, in, in light of who he is and what he's done for us in the gospel. He doesn't just have that life with God. He is life with God. That's what the scriptures say, First John 1. He is life with God. And it's only through him, then, that we may have a truly Godward life. The kind of life that's characterized by real wisdom. Because he is the Lord. See that word all over the place in the Old Testament? Whenever the New Testament is talking about the Lord, most frequently, especially in Paul's letters, he's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Lord, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So when we fear him, when we fear Jesus, we've finally got our heads on straight. Uh, So it is in Christ, then, in relationship with God as our Father, through faith in Jesus Christ, that we find true wisdom. We can walk, as Paul says in our passage. We can walk, not as unwise, but as wise. We can walk with our eyes open to the way that God's kingdom works in this world, in the midst of this fallen, broken world, where what you see with these eyes is is not always happy. It's not always joyful. It's not always loving. It's not always peaceful. What you see with these eyes, it's often just broken. It's a broken mess. But with the eyes of faith, we can see the way that his kingdom works in the middle of all that. Because of our uh, union with God through faith in Jesus Christ, we can see deep comedy where others see only meaningless tragedy in the world. We can choose not to throw away our lives. Like Paul says, don't be foolish. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't get drunk with wine. We can choose not to throw away our lives. We can, re- we can redeem the time. We don't have to waste our lives on the passing pleasures of sin. But we can pour our lives out. Something that the, the world might look on as waste. We can spend our lives. We can pour our lives out uh, in Christ-like service to one another and to others. That's true wisdom. We can cease being cold curmudgeons. And we could become joyful singers of redeeming love. Like it says in our passage, address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to God. We can be, be real joyful singers because of the Spirit and because of wisdom, because we know what it means to have a relationship with God and live all of life in light of the gospel. And we can know, despite appearances to the contrary, 
which tempt us to unbelief, we can know that we are not alone, that we will never be alone, that God is with us as our Father, that the Lord Jesus Christ will never leave us or forsake us, that we have the Spirit as the guarantee of the promise of all the fullness of God. All the fullness of God in in the gift of the Holy Spirit so we can be thankful. Thanksgiving in the Scriptures usually is linked to uh, we're thankful that we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We're thankful for our salvation. And we can be thankful in Christ. We can be thankful for Christ. We can be thankful because of Christ. And we can even begin to live in right relationships with each other. That's kind of indicated here by this, uh, this idea in the last verse, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. We can begin to live in right relationships with each other as we walk in wisdom in the fear of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. So let's do that. Let's pray. Father, um, we... We often are wise in our own eyes. We often go after um, things that are exceedingly foolish, thinking, that, uh, thinking very well of ourselves, thinking that we are wise and we're going to impress others with our intellectual ability or our knowledge or um, our morality or the way that we can even teach other people. Um, and yet if we are living apart from you, it, it, it amounts to nothing. It's all vanity, as the preacher said in Ecclesiastes. But with you, with you, with relationship uh, with, with Jesus Christ, union with you through faith in him, with you nothing in this world is vanity. We can live um, simply, we can live well, we can live in right relationship with you and with each other, Not because of who we are, but because of faith in Jesus Christ, because of who he is and what he's done for us, because he is true wisdom from you. He's the one who reveals what it means to be a human being in right relationship with you. And he has lived that relationship on our behalf. So we pray that you would help us, that you would help our unbelief, that you would help us to put our faith in Christ in a way that renews every part of our lives, that you would grant us true wisdom as we are constantly in... um, in prayer, in prayerful connection with you, learning from you, asking you for help, asking you for wisdom because you promised to give it to us. And you have given it to us once and for all in the, in the person of your son, Jesus. We pray that you would help us to cling to, to him by faith, cling to relationship with you that uh, helps us to walk through all of life with true wisdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.